Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome in to our Richmond audience. Spending the next three hours with us. AM 910 FM 1051. Everybody else on 1067 has been enjoying the show for the last hour. However you're listening, even if it's on the Odyssey app, somewhere else outside of the Commonwealth, Maryland, and D.C., thank you very much for listening to the show. This is Grant and Danny. Danny's in D.C. I'm in Vegas at Radio Row ahead of Super Bowl 58. Remember to kick off your future with the law firm of Kondorian Moran. They're the official G&D show sponsor. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys. Visit kmlawyers.com and mention the show to get a discount. That's kmlawyers.com. We are joined now by Steve Weish, reporter and analyst at NFL Network. Steve, I saw your name on a list. wanted to grab you because it's been too long, my friend, and I know you're Super plugged in on some of the commander's hires. Thanks for the time. This oh. is awesome, Grant. It's been a long time. It has been a minute. You know, it's been a minute. Always good to come back to the to the DMV. That's right. Even via radio. You we, know, I got a lot of ties there. We watch you on network. We're proud of you. Uh, what a week this is. I have a hot take that the Super Bowl now every year should be in Vegas and New Orleans alternating and nowhere else. How do we feel that, about that? That is not a bad take. I mean, anytime we get to New Orleans, because, you know, it's such a walkable city, my favorite my favorite stop on the NFL tour. You got to throw Miami in there, though. I mean, Miami's not the best place to have a Super Bowl, but it's it's still the 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 stadium and everything is great. So that is the pushback I've gotten from people. But my experience, I think I only did one Super Bowl in Miami when I thought about it. Everything's so spread out it in is. terms of covering it. It is. Um, you know, but and, I, and I live in great LA. City. I live in LA, and it's spread out too. But they did a great job hosting the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Let's let's go ahead and start a campaign. But I will tell you this: so far, Las Vegas. Like, I thought it was going to be overrun, and we're not to the point yet where everybody's in right. town. But I thought it was going to be absolute chaos. But so far, man, it has been fantastic. Yeah, it's been very, very good. Uh, you guys have done such a good job chronicling the uh, experiences of these two teams getting here on network over these last several months. I want to start with the 49ers because I think the Chiefs are maybe an easier conversation. San Francisco's defense is not playing well, but they're still here, and it doesn't feel like the Brock Purdy discourse is catching up to the fact, like, you, you hear people say, well, Kyle got here with Jimmy G, so, you know, now he gets here with Purdy. Purdy's made plays. I mean, he was running around 50 yards, rushing in the second half of a game. I know he hasn't thrown the ball that well in the playoffs, but he's not been a passenger. Their defense has, has let them down. Correct, and he's thrown the ball better in the second half of games. So, look, we, we used to talk about Ben Roethlisberger. You might not get much out of him for the first two and a half quarters, but close games, that works for him. So, to the Brock Port Purdy conversation, that's been excellent for him and the run. And I was over at the Chiefs media availability. Steve Spagnolo, their defensive coordinator, Justin Reed, their safety, was like, we have got to account for that because we thought we could just disrupt their timing by getting their hands on the receivers. But now that we know he can get out and run and make plays, that's a problem for us. And to get to the, the Niners' defense, you are absolutely right. Their interior defenders, Eric Armstead, has been nicked up. Javon Hargrave has been hot and cold. 
And their linebackers had bad run fits early against the Lions. So will Andy Reid try to exploit that with the run game because the Chiefs are running the ball much better over the past since Week 17? I mean, they're committing to it. Or will they fall back into what they like to do and say, let's let number 15 do everything? There will be opportunities there for Kansas City. But where the Niners have been better is when they get to that red zone defense. That's where they've locked up a little bit better. Steve Weiss, NFL Network. It seems to me like Reid post-Christmas, that Raiders game, yep. that was a debacle a, that for was them. It. it seems like he said, all right, we're, we're not banging our heads against the wall anymore. We got what we got. Pacheco can do this. Let's just – we'll be a different team now. And they have been – this is not your older brother's Chiefs, right? It's defense. It's running game. And there's some hero Mahomes plays in there too. But Kelsey and Rice, what else they got in the passing game? Yeah, look, you saw, you saw Valdez Gantley come out and make some plays. Every now and then you'll see some other guys make some plays. But what else the run game has happened? If you watch the Chiefs all season – their tackles were having so many pre-snap penalties when Mahomes is going through all the, the, the early calls and all the reads and the checks. By Andy Reid just committing to the run, it's a guys go forward, get a feel, get some traction, establish your physicality. That's going to help you in the pass pro game. I think that's been the biggest offshoot because you watch the Chiefs in the season. They move the ball down the field, even with the drops, and then all of a sudden they'll get into the 17. Next thing you know, you have a holding and a false start. You're in back end of long field goal range in that no-man's land, and that's what really had stunted their offense. You have seen much cleaner play, like you said, since that Week 17 game. Steve, you're plugged in all over the league like a toaster, so I don't want to just <laughs> sit here and talk Super Bowl with you. i got to tap into Washington. They today, it sounds like, are agreeing to terms to add Brian Johnson to their staff. Okay. OC of the Eagles. He was ascending. He was kind of on a rocket ship. This year did not go well, obviously. They, they're blowing out their coordinators. I'm just curious about that fit with Kingsbury and maybe him, like what, what we know about him, because when Kingsbury was hired, my reaction was, I feel okay about this. Uh-huh. I want to see what younger ascending guys he adds to his staff to layer some potential coordinators. Johnson feels like one of those guys. And, and that's a great hire. I mean, because, look, he's somebody who's developed a lot of quarterbacks. He did the University of Utah where he's a play caller, University of Florida. He's the guy who got Anthony Richardson to go to the Gators. And everyone was like, he's that guy. He had the, he had the history with Jalen Hurts and developed him. So this year as the play caller, things did go a little awry because they couldn't find their identity. Are they a running team? Are they a passing team? You saw early on nobody was complaining when he was hitting those long, explosive plays to, to Brown, you know, to Devontae Smith. But then they just could not figure out that run game at all because we all realized, get DeAndre Swift the ball 15 to 20 times a game, you're going to get hit a home run, and it was inconsistent. The offensive line play wasn't necessarily there. So is this Nick Sirianni, who is an offensive guy, giving him instruction, or was this him having the autonomy to do it? So now being him, him being scaled back a little bit under Kingsbury, he can kind of get back to his roots, get his hands on the quarterback, whomever that may be, to develop that person, to get that person ready, and then let Kingsbury design an offense around that skill set. Steve Weish, D.C. Ties, one of the good ones. Go back many, many years with him. Very, very uh, nice gentleman and welcoming when I was a young guy in the business, uh, and it's great to catch up with him here. W- what should I think about, how should we feel about Dan Quinn not calling defensive plays? They may not have had a choice because they wanted Joe Witt Jr. Right. I think he would have been the Cowboys coordinator and called plays been. there. He would have been. So they, they had to give it him the, the play calling, and I think he's going to do a fine job. But 
that's kind of what Quinn's done before. What do you make of that? Well, the one thing about their relationship is it is an absolute collaboration, right? Joe Witt has come under, he, you know, he worked under Dom Capers, right? An odd front system. He came to Dan Quinn, a multiple front system, but he listens. Quinn will be like, hey, look, when we play this game, we've got this, but let's, let's single up one of our guys. He's going to have an advantage. I'll work with him some during the week. You scheme up this because Joe Witt has been the passing game coordinator he's a longtime cornerbacks coach developed guys like Sam Shields who was an undrafted player Tremont Woodson who was a six-round player in a cast off the number of pro bowlers he's developed you'll hear Charles Woodson talk about best coach I've ever had um really Woodson raves about him raves about him uh Casey Hayward uh Best. His, I think his resume, like his track Look at record, Deron Bland. is crazy. It's, it's Two crazy. of the last three years, they've had the leader in interceptions. Interceptions, and that's a, that's what I was getting to. He coaches guys to tell them, get your hands on the ball and then become dangerous once you do. We've always heard about the Cowboys having the highest scoring offense because we saw the points on the board. We don't factor in there would be like seven or eight defensive touchdowns. So Joe Witt it will create a lot of turnover type of scenarios where pass rush and coverage marries, and there will always be a defensive back with the sticky fingers who can make plays. So, again, it's going to be Joe's first time calling plays, but it will be very much in collaboration with Quinn. Steve, top of the draft board, do you see a path to the Bears trading that pick at all? It's going to be very interesting. I I do. Because there's going to be a lot of teams who are going to make it tough for them not to. Um, We don't know how committed they are to Justin Fields, even though by keeping Matt Eberflus, that tells me they're committed to him. Um, but at the same time, they may say, well, we can get Caleb Williams, who everyone will tell you across the board, is an Andrew Luck type of franchise-changing talent on a rookie deal for four years. With, with Justin Fields, we got one year before we got to make a big decision on a contract. Do we want to do that? So, Would they move back if they're still taking a quarterback? In other words, is it Fields or Williams, or could they say, and I guess if they traded with Washington to two, you could still do that. But is it possible that they would trade to two or three, take one of the big three, and still not roll with Fields? You get the question? Well, I mean, Fields would be part of a trade package. You don't want to okay. go to the situation that the Arizona Cardinals did, you know, when they had Josh Rosen and Kyler Murray. It's just so awkward. Um, but it's, it's that, again, that's, I, now they're not going to go back beyond four or five. Right, they're, they're going to have to get, if they move back, they're going to have to get a quarterback. Well, they won't have to. But it's, it's just such an odd situ, you know, situation. I think the Bears could make the move. Again, everyone I'm talking to, the personnel folks, <laughs> think they're going to make the move. But again, keeping Eberflus and a lot of that staff makes me think that they like Justin Fields. So it is going to be a telltale because the domino effect on the rest of the draft Will it be Washington that just moves up a slot where they don't have to give up a ton of freight to do it because they're basically just flipping spots? Well, you've seen it, too. Since they hired Kingsbury, the fader on oh, yeah. they're trading the up to one, I mean, that's turned up to 15. And most of the time when the dots all seem to be going in one direction, like Dan Quinn's going to Seattle or whatever it is, it doesn't always work that way. Correct. But that is, for what it's worth, in town, that's all anyone's talked about since they hired Kingsbury. Well, well you know, especially since Caleb's from the D.C. area. Correct. So, I mean, that's, that's going to be part of the connecting the dots, the smoke. And if, if the Bears are smart, they play into that. Let's feed that. Let's see if a team will come up from nine and give us first-round draft picks for the next three years, whereas Washington will probably have to give up 
next year's first-round draft pick and like a third just to move up one spot. I mean, it's not going to be a mega toe to freight. There might be some more sweeteners in there to make it happen. But that's one thing the Bears have to play with. But, again, they, you don't want to go too far back. You don't want to, like, you know, we always heard the Texans were going to, oh, okay, they're going to draft you know, Will Anderson first and then maybe C.J. Shroud. Oh, they traded up to make sure they could get them both. Maybe it's a move like that. Um, but, again, that's going to be the storyline over the next six, six to eight weeks to see what happens. And I know it's a huge deal in Washington to see if they get Caleb Williams. But a quarterback, I think, has got to be in play for everything they're, they're thinking about doing. NFL Media, Steve Weish, excellent information. Enjoy what's left here of Super Bowl week and uh, that game. That's still yeah, that, at that the thing, end. that yeah. thing, absolutely. Thank you, Grant. Always great. Great to see you. GD here on the fan. You heard from GP and of course Steve Weish uh, from NFL Media. Always cool to sit down with him. There's that complication that's always sort of coming up here uh, about. The you know, moving up in the draft, not moving up in the draft, based on the speculation that's understandable when you include Cliff Kingsbury into the equation. Like, that's the variable that changed everything. If this was just, you know, Cliff Stevens uh, that didn't have the immediate history with Caleb Williams, then I don't know that you'd get the speculation, GB. Just talking about moving up from number two to number one, that's not going anywhere. Like, that conversation is going to happen until. Chicago decides to do something like for the sake of argument, let's say Chicago who's kind of bucked against type a couple times doesn't trade Justin Fields in the days leading up to the draft. Then the speculation will begin, right? Maybe they're keeping their options open. If Justin Fields moves they're at one, they're taking a quarterback, which I think they will anyway. But now that kind of cements that I just don't know how realistic it is to have Washington move up. But I'm telling you that speculation is not going anywhere. Well, you're talking about speculation. Here's the one I'm interested in because you're right. I think we're going to have, months of this leading up to the draft yep. and it might even be honestly we're sitting there on draft night you and i and whether we're at mgm national harbor again for a party and everyone's gathered around or who knows we're out in detroit we're going to be sitting there and the, it, the commanders are going to be holding the second pick and we're still going to be wondering if they're going up to number one while the uh bears are on the clock i mean it, a lot of times you trade that pick in advance but that is a possible outcome here mm-hmm. so I know that speculation is not going away, but what I'm interested in, specific to Brian Johnson today, being hired under Cliff Kingsbury, the OC and play caller for the Eagles last year, and you just heard Weiss giving a really good breakdown of his history. What about the tea leaves now suggesting they're stockpiling guys who have spent a lot of time around running quarterbacks? And better phrase than running quarterbacks is like dual threats, right? Yeah, guys that can really move. Yeah, athletes, but Hurts can win in the pocket. But, I mean, that, that is a true dual threat. Kyler Murray is a true dual threat. I think of uh, Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence as athletes. Those are scramblers. Those are runners. Those guys have that. That's Drake May to me. He, he is an athlete more than people give him credit for. He will scramble for 300, 400, you know, in a, in a good year, maybe 450 yards in a season, something like that. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. But there's a difference between that, like the natural thrower who does occasionally mm-hmm. scramble, and like a running dual-threat quarterback. And, and you know what it looks like. So in, in a certain kind of offense this year, assuming health, if the OC wanted this, Jaden Daniels could rush for 1,000 yards. Correct. At, like Lamar Jackson has done, like, like Hertz either did or was close to doing. You could see that if that was part of the design, if that was one of those things where you have a built-in you know, 10 to 15, not 15, 10 to 12 
design quarterback runs to maybe offset or a supplementary run game as Murray was doing kind of early on. If that That's the difference between that and somebody that, hey, the play broke down, there's a pump fake, Pat Mahomes being an athlete, shuffling his way for nine yards on a third and six. Shuffling is a perfect way to describe him moving. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. But here's here's kind of my question. Thanks, Donald. They hired a couple of guys with immense experience with QBs who run. Is that just because it's becoming more ubiquitous now where – it's going to be hard to hire guys who haven't had experience with quarterbacks who run because everybody does. Yeah. You know, it's not to say that it's the dominant thing in the league, but we're getting there. Certainly if you were in college like Brian Johnson, you're going to have had that probably. In the NFL, I think, you know, what, about a third of the league now is quarterbacks, like Josh Allen, these kind of guys that tuck the football, you design keepers. So I don't know if it's that they're hunting for that and they want that because maybe Peters really likes Jaden Daniels. And my point is, coming full circle to speculation, you're going to start hearing these rumblings. Kingsbury had Murray. Brian Johnson recruited Anthony Richardson to Florida, had Jalen Hurts. Those things are going to lead to, when people start connecting dots, Washington and Jaden Daniels, maybe even a little bit of Caleb Williams, although he's a true pocket passer who scrambled. He's a little more May than Daniels in that regard. Mm-hmm. But do you think that those dots should be connected? And yep. maybe let's, let's pose this question next. I want to open up the phones on this, actually. MGM National Harbor listener lines. We'll get Danny's thoughts, and, and then we'll hear from you guys. 800-636-1067. So you've got Cliff Kingsbury, who was with Kyler Murray in Arizona for four years. You've got Brian Johnson, who recruited Anthony Richardson at Florida, had running quarterbacks in college, just called plays for Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. Do you think that this is in any way strategic with the possibility of Jaden Daniels looming? Or do you think it's just coincidental and we shouldn't look into it? I think that's the best way to ask it. 800-636-1067, MGM National Harbor Listener Lines on Grant and Danny. Our big game coverage continuing from out here at Radio Row. It is brought to you on the fan all week long. Presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit. Solostove.com. This is Grant and Danny. Welcome back to Grant and Danny live on the fan. Out and about in Vegas at Radio Row, ahead of Super Bowl 58. I'm coming to you from the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. Danny's holding down the fort in the district. We're supposed to be joined by Spencer Rattler, the quarterback from South Carolina, who turned his draft stock around a little bit this year. Uh, Had a strong second season in the SEC after three years at Oklahoma. Danny, he was on that Netflix QB one show that you and I loved. It, it that that show, by the way, is so wonderful. It's I want to so talk phenomenal. to him about it. Yeah, I'd yeah. love to. I mean, I, imagine going through that as a high school kid. You know, like being 16, 17, 18 years old, and you're already the big man on campus at, at, at that stage, right? And he was one of the most highly touted recruits in the country at that point, right? So imagine going through that, where you can imagine as a teenager, you think you know you're you know what don't stink. That's and a really now good point. Cameras are following you around because you're. You've got so many accolades and so much acclaim. It's one thing when it's Cousins on, and Mahomes or whatever on the Netflix show and a quarterback, and you got a family and kids and a grown-up, and you're getting paid probably, you know, I don't know, a million dollars to do it or mm-hmm. whatever the deal was for those guys. But, yeah, when you're just a high school kid and they're like, literally you would see him wake up and, like, groggily walk in the dark in his room, like, shirtless to take a you know shower. and Cameras and, there. Uh, 
like brush teeth. They're just with you all the time and, and chronicling you. Very, very odd. But it was an amazing behind-the-scenes look at him. Sam Hartman, who's coming out in this class from Notre Dame, is going to join us tomorrow. He was on there, too. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple of other. I think Justin Fields, at, before, he was Fields at that time was on going, to, yep. he was going to Georgia before he went to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, just a great show. and Probably not particularly dated or timely if you wanted to go back and check it out uh, after we talked to Oh, it's so good. It's Are you going to be able to keep it together for Hartman? I mean, Hartman was always handsome, but he has now turned into a bona fide dreamboat. Like – like male model, world class type stuff. Sam Hartman. Well, if he, if you're asking, are we going to talk about his looks? Then the answer is yes. Right, because you keep it together, you're going to have to look him in the eye, dude. It's not going to be easy. Yep. But I, I like my chances to do an okay interview. I just want to ask him if he feels bad, and then I'm going to give like a, a pregnant pause and hesitate, and I want to say that you're knocking Jimmy Garoppolo off of the the number the one spot for sexiest quarterback in football. Uh, but he'll be on the show tomorrow. Rattler's scheduled to join us in about 15 minutes. Uh, the question at hand here for you guys, you can call us at 800-636-1067. You can also hit us up on X at Grand H. Paulson at Funny Danny. We want to know, do you think Washington's Kingsbury and Brian Johnson hires, based on the recent success, varying degrees, but experience those guys have had with running quarterbacks, does that mean anything? Is it a tell? Does it have you leading toward maybe they really like Jaden Daniels, or do you think it's a coincidence? Because I'll just say and get out of the way, Danny, I just think they're hiring the best people that they can right now. I think Kingsbury was someone they liked. Johnson, you're demoting him down from OC where he struggled, mm-hmm. but he's really good with quarterbacks. He's worked with all kinds of quarterbacks. I don't think that they have really gotten going on their prep from a Adam Peters, Martin Mayhew, like top of the front office standpoint. Clearly their scouting staff is starting to put their board together. Right. They've been doing this for months, going back to you know last year. But I don't think this means much that these guys are with running quarterbacks. It'll help if they go Daniels, but they're not working back from they really like one of these guys, so let's hire. That's my take. What about you? I think you just said it, the last thing you said there. It is you if you end up with one, you better know what the hell to do. You can't you can't have someone show up on campus and be like, Well, I've only dealt with drop back passers that are you know move like Drew Bledsoe and pat the football and have no other skill sets. So whoopsie daisy, let's figure something out. We cannot square peg round hole this thing, right? We've seen what happened with, you know, Justin Fields, for example, in Chicago, where they didn't know which which end was up. That you you wouldn't necessarily have, you know, you draft Lamar Jackson and you pair him with, I don't know, pick your pick uh, an old school OC that only wants guys thrown from the pocket. You know what I mean? Like you you would want to have someone that can adapt and has some experience working with at a minimum athletic guys at a maximum dudes that could run the hell out of the football and have that be weaponry. So to me, it's a you better be prepared and as a bonus to happen to be, as you said, quality offensive guys, good track records, and in one case, in Brian Johnson's case, a dude that's probably overqualified for the role because of the bad ending of what happened in, in Philadelphia. So he has to get bumped down a peg to then work his way back up. You take advantage of that, right? That's smart. So to me, this is more a in case we're Jaden Danielsing, we need to have someone prepared to work with him. And I, and I think they're covering their bases there. I also think, by the way, this needs to be said. Jaden Daniels is a better passer probably than people think 100%. because they think of him as a runner. In the same way that I would say Drake May is way more athletic and more apt to take off and run than people think. Like, just looking at the end of his season, he had a 70-yard rushing game against Clemson where he ran the ball 10 times. He was running for his life in that game. I mean, they couldn't do much on offense, and that that was the best they had, yeah. They played at Georgia Tech 10 for 60 in that game. Like, it's not as though he doesn't run. 
Caleb Williams, I think people think of him because he extends and creates and kind of moves all over the place to buy time. Like he's more of a dual threat than even mm-hmm. he is. He's a pretty legitimate, traditional pocket passer, in my opinion. So I think there's also slight maybe misconception about these quarterback prospects as well, where it's not to say they're not different. Like Daniels, electric speed, May, more of that kind of natural passer. Williams, a little bit better at both of those things than Drake May and more similar to to May than Daniels, I would say, skill set-wise. But Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a a situation where they're going – man, we really like Jaden Daniels. Let's make sure we bring in the Philadelphia offensive coordinator to have the Hurts offense. Let's go to the phones, though. We'll start with Mike in Haymarket on Grant and Danny. Are you reading into their offensive hires as it pertains to the number two overall pick at this point? Uh, No, not really, and I'm playing devil's advocate here because uh, I've been consistently thinking that the commanders aren't may or may not go uh, quarterback at number two, and and it's I know it's you know I'm I'm in the one percent of people who think that that's a possibility, but I'm I'm feeling more strongly that they may like what they have already, and that they're trying to get the best people in place to learn the system, but also be able to kind of work out the kinks maybe with what they've got because they know what they've got. They don't know what they're going to get out of Caleb Williams when he transfers to the NFL. They don't know well, what they're going to get Let me clarify real quick. May. When you say, are, are, is this like code word for they're sticking with Sam Howell? It's possible. I mean, and this is one thing that I want to do with you guys over, over the last three weeks, but I've never been, never been able to get on the phone, is what happens if they don't pick a quarterback at two? or at, you know, 38 or 40. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all quarterbacks are gone. And what do you guys think that if they say, we're going we're gonna to stick with Howell and we're going to improve him, improve the line, build through the draft, you know, get free agents in here based on the, free, the salary cap, what is it you guys are going to do? Because it seems like every one of you are sold that number two is going automatic to a quarterback regardless of what it is. So I'm just curious as to how that plays out for Grant and Danny, but mm-hmm. I've also tried to ask the junkies and, you know, uh, uh, B. Mitch and, and Finley. So how does that play out for you as in a mental sense? Are you down? Do you get the bad move? Do you still trust Peters? You know, so that's what I'm thinking is. Go ahead, Danny. No, gotcha. I appreciate first. it. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, I, I would. I consider it a missed opportunity. The idea that you'll just find one eventually – I think is uh, is folly. Uh, we've got decades of data that says it's really, really hard to do, and this is your best opportunity to do so. There's no guarantees at number two, certainly. Um, there's no guarantees anywhere. The, the analogy that I use all the time is if you've ever played blackjack, I know Grant's in Vegas, uh, you, when the dealer shows a six, you're pretty much staying on almost anything that you get because that's your best percentage chance to win. Doesn't mean you're going to win, by the way. He, that, that The card the dealer turns over could be a 5, he's got an 11, he shows a face card, boom, you've just lost your hand, even though you played it practically, played it well. You could get a Zach Wilson type situation, you get a, a Mitch Trubisky, a Trey Lance, any of the millions of guys that, that, that people have swung and missed on at the top of the board. Your best percentage chance is to grab somebody high in the first round when you've got your pick at the litter. If they don't do something at quarterback this offseason, GP, and I don't mean bridge quarterback, I don't mean... Do another Fitzpatrick, another Wentz, another Garoppolo, another Case Keenum, another leftover, you know, Jacoby Brissett tier. I'll be pretty disappointed, to be honest with you. And it'll be a pretty big knock for me 
uh, that the that the Peters Brain Trust sort of didn't get the opportunity that they had. I know they don't have the desperation I do. I know they don't have the baggage that I do. But it would be fairly tone deaf to me if they were able to, or if they ended up swinging and missing in that regard. Yeah. I, so a couple of things. Number one, I don't think that's happening at all. I don't think it's a reality. It's, to me, it's the equivalent of for a few weeks when people would call in and they'd go, yeah, but Biennemi might be the OC, or they could make Biennemi the OC, or, you know, they interviewed Eric Biennemi for the head coaching job. Why aren't you talking about him as a potential head coach? That was never happening. Please follow along with the last four months. You know, read the tea leaves a little bit. <laughs> Can we keep up with you know, anything that's coming out of Ashburn? That was just not a thing. And because it hadn't been official yet, because they hadn't come out and said he's not going to be with the club, you kind of have to always acknowledge, yeah, right now he's still their coordinator. Yes, they interviewed him once. But that's the same as the formality now of, well, they haven't made the pick and they could trade back and they might take an offensive lineman. But I think that the chances are about the same, that Eric Bieniemy was going to be their head coach or their coordinator in a new regime and that they're not going to take a quarterback. So that, that's first and foremost. Is it possible? Sure. I think the chances of that are, I mean, you could, we're talking about a couple of percent that they don't take a quarterback. If they don't take one, it would be a huge mistake. It would be a sign that, again, in a much, much, much greater extent than, like, the Dan Quinn hire, they don't really care much about the trends and about, like, the percentage chances of things working out. They're going to do it their way, which is fine. But that's what Ron Rivera did when they went Chase Young over Justin Herbert or Tua at number two. Uh, You'd be kind of repeating history I just think that this group's too smart. Doesn't mean you have to do it at two. You could trade back to three or four or five. I wouldn't do it, but you could even trade back later into the first round and maybe still get a guy, get your guy. I guess it's possible they could take someone in the second round. But I think the chances are over 90% that they're taking a quarterback at number two. I would be absolutely stunned if they don't. Uh, And this is not like they're probably going to get Ben Johnson because he's the top candidate and they want him. Mm -hmm. Or they're probably going to... You know, end up with uh, Eric Bieniemy not there. This is you don't have a quarterback and you pick second. You have a brand new GM and a brand new head coach. Those four bullet points spit out. You draft a quarterback in a class where there's three really good ones. Yeah, the machine spits that out almost every time at like a ninety-nine point eight percent. If they choose not to, disappointed's a word. You know, mad's another, but. What can we do? We'll just sit here and we'll watch the season and hopefully. It will, it, I will tell you this: it's not because they think Sam Howell's the long-term answer. It would be because they're doing some roster-building exercise where he's the holdover for a year, and then next year you try to get your quarterback with probably a worse draft pick and a worse shot at a star than they've got this year with Daniels and May staring him in the face. Eight hundred six three six one zero six seven is the number on Grant and Danny. We can continue to get your thoughts not only on QB early. But uh, the question we were asking is, you know, specific to the, the staff they're bringing in, do you think they're working back from a preference of a quarterback that can run? Spencer Rattler scheduled to join us in the next few minutes from Radio Row. Top of the hour, the Beltway Blitz. We will be giving away tickets to the Capitals. And I'll tell you when we come back who's going to be joining us at 4. I'll just tell you that Danny's very, very excited about it. It's got nothing to do with football. So far, the one guy we're getting on all week, we've kind of turned everyone down, who's not a football person, but we pitched him, and Danny said, oh, my God, I have to talk to that guy. We're Grant and Danny on the fan.
G&D on the fan. Our continuing coverage of the big game on 106.7 The Fan is presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit, solostove.com. On site at Radio Row out here in Vegas, Danny back in our D.C. studios, and we're joined now by Spencer Rattler, who's a college quarterbacking star, went from Oklahoma to South Carolina last couple years in the SEC, and now there's a little helium ahead of the draft. A lot of buzz around you and the possibility you'll have this offseason to move up the draft board. So first of all, congrats. Thank you. On a college career now in the rear view, the five seasons that you played. Where are you at in the pre-draft process? I guess it's just starting to ramp up. Yeah, I mean, um, just working out in Phoenix at Exos. Uh, just got back from Mobile at, at the Reese Senior Bowl. That was a good week. Um, so now just getting ready for the combine. How much better a player are you now, Spencer, than when you first enrolled in college a few years ago? A lot better. You know, I feel like just going through those seasons, going through success, adversity, just, you know, learning a lot about your game, what you need to adapt to, what you need to get better at. Um, you know, I'm a lot better than, than where I was coming in, for sure. Named the MVP of the Senior Bowl, by sure. the way, Spencer Rattler. Had himself a strong week, impressed. And then, obviously, in the game, you lead the touchdown drive early. One of those things where your team, you're not on the field the whole time, win or lose, your team lost, didn't matter. You get out, you show well. What were your goals going into that week? It's kind of weird because you're working with receivers you don't know for the most part. A lot of people watching every practice, every throw, and evaluating it. Every scout in the league is there. What was that like? It was awesome. Great great environment. Uh, had a great time. My goals coming in were just show who I am, uh, show I could stack up versus anybody. And But for me, it was just, you know, create relationships, have fun with the guys that, you know, I've played against or know of. And, you know, it was pretty cool to be teamed up with them and just learn a lot out there. Uh, I wanted to go out there and learn from all the great coaches. And, you know, er everything I wanted to accomplish that week, we did it. So, um, you know, very thankful for that. But the work doesn't stop there. Spencer, got to ask you about this. Grant and I are both huge fans of that Netflix documentary, QB1, uh, that you were one of the stars of so many years ago. I can't imagine someone following me around my life now is like a, a pudgy mid-40s zilch, let alone if I was a high school kid. I, I think I think we kind of overlook that sometimes, that, that amount of spotlight that was already on you as one of the most high-profile recruits in the country. What was that experience like going through that as a teenager? Yeah, I mean, it was at the time, you know, it was fun as a young kid, but looking back on it, you know, probably wouldn't have done it. <laughs> really? But, you know, you learn, you learn and live from well, everything. Why do you say so. that? Uh, just, you know, how, how, how uh, you know, knowing how reality TV shows are and how they portray certain characters, um, I would say, you know, I would have handled things differently. Yeah, I mean, not to dive too deep, and it's been years since I've seen it, but my recollection is more like there were roles, mm -hmm. yeah. whereas it felt like, like Sam was like the All-American boy or whatever, yep. and you were a little more like the hothead high school quarterback. And, yeah. You know, it, you don't know that until you watch it, probably. But it, was that kind of what you mean and how it played out? Yeah, you know, they paint pictures, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's exactly what it was. But did you enjoy the the process of it at all, like doing it? It was cool. You know, it was cool at that age. You know, Were young. you walking around the hallway with just cameras on you? Like, what was no, that? No, okay. they, they didn't follow me like that. You know, they were never really allowed in my house or in school. Just, you know, football and with the friends. And, you know, it was fun at the time. Very neat. As, uh, as your, again, as your career has kind of progressed here, and you're getting ready for this draft process. What have you heard from scouts, from coaches, from you know folks maybe at the next level? They say, we like this, but want to see you do that. Like, what's the growth opportunity for you? Um, you know, I, I don't want to get too in-depth with that. You know, I've heard a lot of great things so far, mm -hmm. especially this past week at, at the Senior Bowl. You know, um, I want to keep striving on every uh, single aspect of my game. You know, I'm not where I want to be yet. 
Uh, you know, got to show a lot of good things this past week, but got a lot of more work to do, you know, before the combine, pro day, stuff like that. So every every opportunity I have, I'm just trying to do my best and control what I can control. You started at Oklahoma. Obviously, so did Caleb Williams is going to likely go 1-1 atop the, the draft class. How close are you guys? What's your relationship like with him? Um, you know, we, we weren't together that long at Oklahoma, so we, we really don't have much of a relationship. But, you know, much respect to him. He killed it at USC, and, you know, he's going to get drafted high. So congrats to him. The, the crossover now with some of the college offenses bleeding into the pros, it used to be, you know, college was thought of as it's its own thing. It's either like the wishbone, triple option from stuff way before you were born, Spencer. And now, it, you know, these sort of wide-open passing gimmicks, a lot of them have kind of crept into the league. What kind of offense do you think fits you best at the next level? You know, I feel like uh, I can fit into any system. You know, I, I was in the air raid system at Oklahoma that spread it out a lot and kind of just let us go. Um, and then I was in two different, you know, styles of pro style systems you know at mm-hmm. south carolina with marcus satterfield and dial Loggins. so i feel comfortable in, in whatever uh been exposed to multiple different offenses in you know different conferences so um you know i'm, I'm willing to learn whatever and work with whatever i'm looking forward to whatever whatever type of system i can be in spencer rattler coming out in the nfl draft one of the top quarterbacks in this class played at oklahoma and south carolina you mentioned the air raid i'm curious because uh, cliff kingsbury Yep. Just got brought to Washington. Air raid is kind of where he made his money. That's a buzz phrase. It's a couple words. But to us, we just think it means spread it out, bunch of receivers, throw the ball a bunch. Dive into that. Give me more insight. What is the air raid? Um, you know, everybody has their different flow to it. Um, obviously, you know, guys like Mike Leach started it. So, um, you know, just it, it's not better than any other offense. It's not worse than any other offense. It's just good to have that type of offense if you want to succeed a successful quarterback um but But what does it do to help a quarterback um i just think getting through reads you know it's a lot of pure progression stuff and you know it could help but yeah there's a lot of benefits to it best defense you played this year at south carolina missouri missouri was good man missouri was a very very good team they got a chance i mean i don't i don't know what they lost but i remember seeing they ended up close to the top 10 people think they could be one of those sleeper teams, like oh, outside yeah. of the the household names next year, especially with the expanded playoff. Yeah, they bring they brought back a lot of guys, and I and I like their head coach uh, Drink Drinkowitz. He's a good dude and uh, got that program heading in the right direction. Speaking of the playoff, what do you make of the expansion? We're going four to twelve, mm-hmm. and how that'll affect everything. That's going to be fun to watch. There's going to be a lot of good teams in it. You know, it's pretty fair to see if teams could, you know, make it in that twelve team playoff. So that's going to be interesting. Spencer, super cool of you to join us, man. Really appreciate it. Know you're busy, and good luck with the upcoming draft process, man. Rooting for you. Hey, I appreciate you guys. Spencer Rattler, you'll hear his name called on draft day in the National Football League. Grant and Danny, coming back with you. We'll give away those Caps tickets top of the hour. Got your Beltway Blitz as well on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.